0: Chapter 13 of Korean Fairy Tales by William Elliot Griffiths This LibriVox recording is in the public domain Recording by Noel Badrian Catkin and the Queen Mother Korea is called the land of the plum blossom But in winter the rivers freeze over Then the men cut through the ice Which is often several feet thick to catch with their fishing lines and hooks the fish that swim in the water beneath. Yet they are very glad to welcome any sign of the coming spring, and they watch eagerly for the pussy willows to show themselves. Now there was a farmer who lived in Nai-po, which is the grain garden of the Korean Peninsula, who wanted a little daughter, though other parents cared more for sons one day farmer pack for that was his name discovered a pussy willow which seemed to him after the long winter like a light shining in a dark place he plucked it and carried proudly home this branch full of fuzzy little buds this was in sign of his happiness at the return of spring He was tired of ice and snow, and now he knew that soon the gloomy hills would burst into the glory of bright colors from the blooming flowers, and look like an army with flags. That same day his prayers were answered, and a little girl was born into his home. Giving the pussy willow to his wife, he said, We shall name our baby Catkin, that is, Little Puss. Katkin catkin never saw a cradle, for the Korean mothers carry their babies on their backs. She was soon out of infancy, and then it was not long before she was standing up and toddling about and playing with her doggy and pet bull. These little pets on four legs usually take the place of kittens in a country home in Korea, for the cats are wild and do not allow children to fondle them. Before long she was a dozen years old. Katkin became very fond of fairy stories, of which Korea has a great many, besides thousands of tales of wonderful people and animals and what happened to them. She often looked up towards the high hills and distant mountains where she thought the fairies, dragons, ogres, and tigers lived here also dwelt the sen nin or mountain spirits wise and good of whom the old people talked and the soldiers painted on their banners when they went to war when about 8 years old katkin wanted very much to walk up towards the north star which her father showed her shining in the heavens HE HAD ONCE TRAVELED UP INTO ONE OF THE NORTHERN PROVINCES, WHERE DURING THE DAYTIME HE COULD SEE AFAR OFF THE GREAT SNOW-WHITE MASS OF THE EVER-WHITE MOUNTAIN RISING UP TO MEET THE AZURE SKY. THERE AT THE TOP, HE HAD HEARD, LAY THE DRAGON PRINCE'S POOL, OUT OF WHICH FLOWED THE TWO RIVERS THAT MADE KOREA AN ISLAND. ONE WAS NAMED THE Tumen, AND THE OTHER THE YALU after the beautiful green and blue sheen on the feathers of a drake's back so richly colored were its shining waters when her father told of his travels catkin also longed to go north to get to the very top and touch the sky but this she knew she could not do even if she had long legs and were as strong as a man for the tigers were very numerous and always roaming about these yellow and black striped brutes were man-eaters they loved nothing better for a good dinner than a young girl so as she did not know any way of getting to the top of the ever white mountain and of seeing the deep blue waters of the pool except by riding on the back of a dragon which she sometimes dreamed of she kept waiting and waiting for one of these flying creatures to come yet it never came catkin was bound to have the fairies visit her if possible so one day sitting under a persimmon tree and reading a story she held the book in one hand while she struck the ground several times saying earnestly earth spirit earth spirit come to me come up and see me all of a sudden the air seemed heavy with sweet perfume and a silver mist like a cloud spread over her house and garden then a bright dazzling light flooded everything and there stood before her a glistening chariot made of blue jade with golden wheels it was drawn by milk-white horses and on a seat of shining silver sat the western heavenly queen mother herself attendant upon the mother queen were thousands of the most beautiful maidens who were all dressed in resplendent robes they wore amber ornaments and silver girdles and necklaces of precious stones and silken robes with many tassels their feet were shod with gold-embroidered velvet slippers and on their heads were caps of gold studded with glittering gems Katkin could hardly count the rich ornaments necklaces breast chains and the jade wands like sceptres which they held in their hands these were shaped like lotus flowers the faces of all these maidens were rosy their eyes sparkled and all had small hands and feet. In a voice of great sweetness that sounded like music, the heavenly Queen Mother looked at Catkin, and spoke to her, saying, Come forward, little maid, do not fear. I shall take you with me to my palace in the island of gems, and give you all you want, besides showering blessings on your people, if you will come. The catkin did not feel at all timid or frightened, But came boldly forward and knelt at the base of the chariot. The mother queen first touched her with her milk-white jade wand, That was carved like a lotus bud, and made the little girl rise. In a moment more a silver chariot with wheels made of turquoise, And drawn by two young milk-white dragons, wheeled up close to her, and the attendant lady in golden robes bade her step in the dragons were fierce powerful fire-breathing creatures with wide spreading wings and their bodies and tails together were of the length of whales while their eyes darted fire yet Katkin was not at all afraid and thought it was great fun Then up through and far above the clouds The host of bright beings flew. They followed the queen mother's chariot Until, far away, they poised in mid-sky. Catkin was then told to look over the side of the chariot To the earth and ocean, miles and miles below. She was asked if she could recognize her father's cottage, But she could not the whole village looked only like a grey mass of thatched roofs and she could pick out only the temple there spread out was the great sea as blue as a sapphire and in places deep green like an emerald but she could see no ships nor any coast or shores nor any ranges of mountains nor signs of the land of korea nothing but ripples and waves were visible yet in the centre of the azure sea was an island the trees were emeralds and the roofs of the houses were of gold and the windows diamonds these were so full of light that no lamps were necessary beautiful beings all maidens as lovely in garb and face as those who filled the train of the queen mother Walked, or played, or sang in their gardens, Or swam and sported in the sapphire waves, Or rowed and sailed about in boats That seemed as if made of marble, they were so white. At a signal from the queen the singing ceased. Then there rose up wave upon wave Of sweetest melody from the players of instruments Who were in the gardens below. Catkin thought she heard at intervals the chorus sounding out the words rising upward like pulses through the air. Welcome, lovely mortal! Our queen invites, and we greet thee. Manifold be her gifts to thee and thine. Come, thou honoured among all Korean maidens! Come to us and join our band, and we shall love thee as one of ourselves. In the wink of a falcon's eye so short a time it seemed the mother queen and her host descended as the chariots touched the island a bevy of radiant maidens came forward some to attend the queen mother and some to lead catkin into her own room in the palace there the most gorgeous robes were put on her beside a cap be gemmed with glittering precious stones of various colors, and a pair of gold-embroidered velvet slippers. Catkin was surprised when one of the shining maidens set a royal tiara adorned with five gems upon her brow. For me? she asked in surprise. Yes, for you, whom the heavenly mother queen would honor. And what do these five gems, jade, crystal, malachite, amber and agate, signify? asked Katkin. Ah, that is not for us to tell you, but the queen mother ordered these. Tomorrow she will explain to you the secret of each gem. Katkin walked about freely, enjoying the lovely sights and sounds. She also ate with keen appetite, and to her full, of the delicacies set on the table before her. Yet never once did she feel sleepy, nor see any beds, nor hear anyone talk of retiring. She wondered what they meant when they said to-morrow, for she could see no sun or moon or twilight. However, she did not think long about such things, and by and by forgot all about them when the entire court and all the hosts of the queen mother's attendants had assembled her majesty's chamberlain read the proclamation which declared that the queen looked with great favour upon the korean people and had decided to bestow great gifts upon them for this purpose she had selected and brought to her palace the korean maid named Katkin to endow them through this their daughter with five precious traits of disposition and character in token of gracious thought and tender love her majesty would now present and explain the meaning of the five precious gems these were jade crystal malachite amber and agate catkin kneeled down before the queen who placed in catkin's hands the shining gems while an attendant fairy took them from her opened palm and placed each one of them on vermilion velvet edged with gold then five maidens stood by each with a gem laid on a cushion after the ceremony of presentation was over the queen made a speech which told the korean maiden's fortune and her future katkin would be sent back over the clouds and ocean to the king's palace in the capital of her homeland and there be made a princess many nobles and king's sons from other countries hearing of her beauty and her wonderful visit to the island of gems would come to pay her court as suitors many would ask for her hand to be wedded to her but she was to marry none but the king's son a prince of her own people take these gems fair maiden and bestow their virtues and what they mean upon your people said the queen a thousand years from now as men count time we together will visit korea again then both the queen and catkin stepping into the silver chariot drawn by the fire-breathing dragons, plunged on and mounted up into space. First they sailed above the clouds, and then dipped downward, steering to Korea and over the mountains, bearing their precious charge to the capital. They reached the ground in a cloud, and the wheels of the chariot stood still before the palace gate yet before any mortal eyes could see their full forms the queen-mother and the dragons had disappeared and catkin stood alone a resplendent maiden of dazzling appearance and in the robes given by the heavenly queen-mother which all recognized at once as coming from the island of gems a throng of court ladies and palace attendants and a long line of nobles and princes were already waiting for the maiden who they knew came gift-laden from the queen-mother of whom all had heard from childhood the five gems were laid each in a covered casket of perfumed wood encrusted with gold on top and inlaid with mother-of-pearl escorted into the throne-room by a bevy of princesses the heavenly mother's gifts in the five caskets were reverently placed on silken fans spread out on a table having on its top the five cushions of crimson velvet then by lot and the word of the diviners the choice of a first drawing was awarded to a prince of fair face and mien the other four nobles one by one and in turn approached and each was allowed to choose one of the caskets, all of which looked alike, and none was to be opened until the possessor was in his own home. Now these were the gifts for body and mind, of which the polished gems were the tokens. According as each prince chose and received, so with the trait which each gem signified would his children and posterity be endowed. In the course of centuries, these would become the national features of twenty millions of Koreans. One by one, the caskets were opened by each prince, and therein he discovered what was a trait in the character of the Korean people. These were procrastination, putting off until tomorrow or some other time what ought to be done today and keeping back not only one person but the whole nation hospitality always glad to see friends to entertain people even strangers and to take care of relations even to the making of oneself poor a habit carried too far as the years and centuries rolled on in exactness the habit of not usually thinking clearly counting correctly or stating facts precisely, and when telling a story of blowing a conch, that is, of exaggerating. Love of Family How the mothers and fathers in Korea do love their children, their kinsfolk and their relatives. Sense of humor A Korean can always see the funny side of things. He loves to joke. And he bears his troubles well because he likes to smile. As for the girls, they laugh as easily as the rain falls or the flowers bloom. And what the Queen Mother predicted came true. Just as five fingers make up the hand, So the average people among the Koreans are known by the five traits, For better or for worse. End of Capkin and the Queen Mother.